When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Six Rings King Show on a new night. Monday night now, baby. We're really excited, actually, to have Eric McLean on the show here, college football analyst, co-host of the Huddle Coach, yes. yes, all right. <laughs> First touchdown of the year. <laughs> Bobby Hurricane, yeah, you know the name already. It's Merced, ha ha. It's the Six Red King Show. Can't forget the name though. Got Jazz, Blue Vision, DJ, break the game code. Ain't no changing up, ain't no breaking up. Real point alive from the Hall Rock Stadium. Ball 14 for the orange and green. We see the six ring champs. It's more than a dream. This is life on the field. Beyond a hundred yards of hurricane that's never still put a damage in the Oops. What's wrong with us? Seriously. What's wrong with us? We're Miami Hurricanes fans. Welcome to the Six Rings Cane Show, a show dedicated to Miami Hurricane sports, featuring the legendary Larry Bluestein, Jazz Santana, Vish, and Danny Gillette. Let's go, Canes. Yes. Yeah, I swear, man, that 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 uh that that last part is too funny, man. I feel like I'm gonna have to repeat it again today, but I yeah, I think you might have we're, we're there again. We're gonna do a lot of that. I think we're gonna do a lot of that today from all of us. So um it's gonna be pretty, pretty funny, man. Uh, welcome back to the Six Rings Kane. So, uh, Larry Bluestein, Vish, we are sans the Danny Gillette. As he, um, uh, I think after the game, he threw his, uh, he threw his laptop <laughs> out the window. Yeah, the, the, so. the ninth turnover you didn't see was his computer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he'll be back on with us uh, this weekend for post, uh, pre, and post game. Uh, well, I don't think we're doing games. pre and post game right you're gonna be a... i'm not gonna do it i'm gonna be out of town so i'm gonna actually be at the game so you're gonna be at the game blue if you want to do pre and post man <laughs> by myself okay <laughs> no with with uh probably with danny I, well, well we'll figure that one yeah, out yeah we'll there's a, there's a, i usually produce it too though so you and it's not it. because it, listen i know you know fans <clears> are gonna think oh these guys are starting to quit on themselves <laughs> no man uh it's just I mean, how did they accuse me to quit i'm going to the damn game <laughs> you're going but spending more money on this trash heap right now. So. I know. And I, I, I gotta I gotta do this. If not, I you know I might get kicked out of the house. So um yeah, before we get it going, let's uh give a shout out to our to our sponsors there. That's uh Manscaped always uh showing us love. 
Uh, make sure you guys check them out on manscaped.com. They're the leader in below the waist grooming. Uh, is making sure we have all uh, we have evolved this uh, this summer. I'm sorry, this summer, this uh, this fall, and this no, winter. It's time. summer in Miami, so it's uh, diving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No kidding, right? It's true. So dive headed first into smooth sack summer. Then no, um, uh, but make sure you guys go to manscaped.com uh, for 24 percent off plus free shipping um, with our code. It's five R S N. So it's the number five. And then the letters R S N like five reasons sports network five R S N gets you 20% off plus free shipping and handling uh, things like the manscape performance package 4.0 has everything you need to prepare. Uh, excuse me inside the package. You'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer crop ball, pres- uh, crop preserver ball deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs. If you uh, if you get that 4.0 package, they, they bring you uh, some pretty cool briefs. And a travel bag, a little travel bag that I got here. Look, I'll show it. I got it right here. Boom. There it is. Wow. Yeah, it's a really cool little travel bag. Uh, so you can put all your all your good stuff in there. Make sure you guys go to manscaped.com. Check them out. Uh, put in the code 5RSN to get 20% off plus free shipping on all your orders. Check them out, manscaped.com. Um, so yeah, so obviously we kind of went over it ad nauseum. It feels like on Saturday, uh, another, uh, another debacle in, uh, another debacle at the rock is what I like to call it. But, uh, Duke came in and, and put a hurting on us, man, and completely dominated the game. Well, I wouldn't say completely dominated the game because I think that, uh, the first, first quarter to the first, you know, even a little bit into the second quarter, looked like Miami was, uh, was doing some good things and uh, moving the ball up and down. Then it just kind of, uh, fell apart for us a little bit. So well, we um, talked about, talked about this on the pregame that Duke's entire team relies on forcing turnovers. And if you protect the ball, you're probably going to win. And boy, I mean, I hate the only time I've been right this entire year was that time. Go figure. Oh man! No, um, in particular, they are—they they were already the best team in the country at forcing and recovering fumbles, and now they probably have it for the year without even having to force yeah. another one after that debacle. For sure, that should have been. And you could see the way that they were coached. First guy wrapped, second guy was ripping on every single tackle, well, and yeah. we didn't protect the ball. Uh, two, minutes, two minutes in, two minutes in, I I said, "Wow, people need to listen to Vish and I more often." I mean, you know, we <laughs> we probably told you what was going to happen before it happened. So. Oh yeah, uh, big shout out to Rob, Les, and uh, Pim down on on the chat already. Um, we'll definitely answer some questions. Uh, Rob Rob writes in the chat, and Mario, we trust. We need to get rid of all these soft players and fans and make Gaddis accountable. Um, I want to talk about Gattis because I yeah. feel like I'm on an island here. No, I think I don't. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you are. I, I think, look, I, I, I'm, before I'm you str- even say something, right? Yeah, at, the end, at the end of the day, like this is on the players and on the coaches both. Okay, and you know we can criticize because that's what we're, we're here to do, man. We're here <laughs> to criticize, and we're also here to, to to celebrate when they do stuff right. Okay, and um, now I'm not saying that Gattis. Uh, look, I, I think I'm with you. I don't know, Vish, if this is what you're, you know, this is the sentiment you're going after, but you know, I, I don't think Gattis is terrible. I'm not on the on the fire Gattis bandwagon that he just doesn't know how to call plays. And I think that's completely wrong. I think if you see the actual game and you notice what's going on on offense, you see that a lot of the times, a lot of the stuff that he's calling is open and they're just not executing plays, right? So I'm going to go, yes, has has he made some 
bad calls in the red zone and on some certain plays like on fourth down. And But it could go either way, right? Because at the same time, you can say, why did he call that run play on fourth down? Or why did he do that when – and then the other side, you can be like, oh, my God, how can we not just get – we can't even get one yard, right? So, like, it's, it's, it's a little bit of both sides. However, yeah, you got to hold them all accountable, and I totally get that, Rob. Yeah, I think hold them accountable, but I feel like there's been a complete – shut down on well first of all there's two things going on one of which annoys the hell out of me which was pretending like last year was some kind of like walk in the park and we all were very happy with the way the program was because i think part of gaddis is not lashley and everyone fell in love with lashley so now he's being blamed for that um guess what we couldn't pick up a yard in short yards last year either so i don't <laughs> know what game there that was like our our biggest complaint why can't we get a yard we still can't get a yard yep. um the other the other so i feel like there's that that blame going on. Same thing with Mario. They're like, whoa, Manny Diaz could have done this. Like, don't make me go back through all the crap Manny Diaz did. Like, seriously, I don't want to have that conversation, but stuff like subbing a quarterback into a bowl game who hadn't would quit the team and just come back because they asked for it on Twitter. You want that guy back? Like, what are we talking about? Like, seriously, someone needs to just take a deep breath there. But also, like, what I've seen from Gaddis is he has adjusted his playbook multiple times now. What do you want a coach to do? Seriously, he's not he's not like locked as like, I'm my way or the highway. Everyone's complaining he ran in short yardage. We tried a qu- first first drive. We went for it on fourth and short. Met the quarterback sneak. He, we didn't get it. It looked like on the replay. They gave us a good spot, and we got the first down off of it. Like, that easily looked short. We threw a touchdown. Second drive, we definitely got that first down. They gave us a bad spot. Missed it by like this. And they're complaining he ran on that and didn't sneak. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Then in the third in the third quarter, when we threw it on fourth and short and they dropped an interception, like, what play do you want him to call? He's called a quarterback draw, a handoff, and a throw. And they don't work because we stink. Like, I don't know what, like, it's just, I, I've seen him simultaneously being criticized for throwing too much, for not throwing enough, for stealing Lashley's plays, and that's the only reason Van Dyke started playing well, for not running Lashley's plays. I'm just like, are you all out of your minds? Like, um, the, and the bottom line is the offensive line is very injured and it wasn't good to begin with. Right. We can't block. Some of those blitzes were mental busts. Some of them, one of them in the second, it was in the I think it was the last drive of the first half when Garcia got sacked. The left, the right guard who was playing for the first time in his career, just got smoked. We had the we had the guy in position. They blitzed the linebacker. He ran right around him, up the middle, and sacked the quarterback. I was like, and, "What?" And by the way, they're not on? running, and they're not running anything anything exotic. It's straight yeah, up. I they're don't putting know. a guy in the box. They're, they're rushing. They're blitzing, and we couldn't stop it. And, and, and I know. So, like, I think everyone's just like upset that the offense isn't as good as it should be, which is fair. But then they're going straight to the play call. There's systemic problems up and down this thing, and like, there's not plays. There's not, like some magic play we can call that's going to work. Right. And the other thing, like, I mean, this should be a kid. And the other problem I have is it's total confirmation bias. Everyone starts booing when on that last drive of the first half, he ran three times to get the first first down. That drive ended with Garcia throwing an interception. Right. He knew he had to protect his backup quarterback. He's trying to do that. It's not the starting quarterback anymore. And we saw that in the fourth quarter when we're down 10, he has to start throwing. He starts throwing picks. Like, he was not – and but you can maybe criticize the coaches for not having the backup more ready to play. But he knew – he knew I cannot run that same offense and wing it all over the place with the backup quarterback. He's not ready for that, and he showed it. Right. Like, some of this, like, when 
I don't know. Like, this team's just not good. And I think we go right to the coordinator and be like, because we've all played too many video games. It's just like, why don't they call the play, though? It's not how it works. Like, we can't block. Blue, Blue, I got a question for you just on, on this note also, and just kind of segueing a little bit to um, what some of the what some of the fan base and other and other people, just in general, whether it's you know the national pundits or it's it's local people or it's fans, I think that there's 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 a real big disconnect with this whole notion that hey Manny would have Manny would have won with this team and those players and why is why is uh, Mario having such a hard time with this team and with this place and obviously we'll get into it further but I think I think obviously you answering this question like to me people don't understand and maybe you can kind of clarify this. Mario Cristobal is playing with 90% of that team is a team that Manny Diaz handpicked, right? These are his players, right? So now you're talking about having those guys have to buy in to Mario Cristobal's um, culture, to Mario Cristobal's way of doing things. Of course Manny Diaz might have won with, with this team. Because everybody, this is Manny Diaz's team, right? So maybe, yeah, they would have won against Duke. Maybe they would have done some things different, right? It's a completely different mentality than what Mario Cristobal is bringing. So, of course, people are not – all the players are not going to fall in line. This is 90% of the – and then you're noticing that the other 10% are the transfer portal guys that Mario came in to, to win with. And what are those guys doing? Playing really good football. The best players on this team are your transfer portal guys. So talk to me about – this whole notion of Mario would have won. Um, I'm sorry, Manny would have won this game. And why do we have the same record? Or why are we worse this year than we were last year? Well, first of all, I want to say hello to Bill, who's in Houston, and he's listening to us. Bill, what's up, buddy? Thanks for joining. Just texted us and just said that he's he and his boys are listening. Uh, big big Hurricane fans. I'll make sure I don't uh, cuss if you got your boys around, man. Frustrated, <laughs> frustrated Hurricane fans, but. Uh, Let's answer your question. First of all, Manny wouldn't have won. His roster is awful. This is a very bad roster. I mean, let's face it. And then you lose some key guys. Uh, the only reason they would have been in any games because they had playmakers last year. Those playmakers are gone. And by the way, um, Rhett wouldn't have been there this year anyways because he's the head coach at SMU. So Exactly. And, yeah. and and not only that, I mean, you would have – I mean, and the one thing I've, I've reiterated no matter who I've talked to, I can fully understand the way Miami fans feel. I mean, they've been running around the block a thousand times and, and they have a right to be angry. Uh, but when they step back and understand that this is the best. Um, oh boy. How can I put it? Th this is probably the best start for a head coach. As far as what he's brought in, what he's meant to the team out of anybody, Rick, anybody. Because Mario Cristobal, when he came in there, didn't didn't sugarcoat things. He said, listen, we're going to do our best to try to turn this thing around. It's going to take a couple of years because we got to get our people, you know, aboard. And this is not an excuse. This is a fact. I'm sorry. I mean, if you can't deal with the fact that Miami's roster right now is not good, not good anywhere. I mean, you don't have a, a position where you can say, well, that guy's the best in the country. And he's nah." Where uh, running game is disintegrated. Offensive line, as Vish said before, uh, you take away somebody like a Nelson, who was the only guy that really had accolades and everyone goes, oh, he's a first round draft pick. Okay. Receivers that really don't make plays. Kobe Young 
is starting to do some things. But that's what I'm saying, guys. The, the one thing that I look at on this team is, and Vish alluded to it before, you can only put these kids in the position to make plays. The coaches can't make the plays. So for you to come down and all of a sudden, all I'm reading is, oh, man, uh, you know, Gaddis is overrated. If it wasn't for offensive linemen, he would have been horrible at Michigan. What? What? I mean, you know, and I'm thinking to myself. It, I think that's, that yeah. applies to everybody in the country. Yeah. <laughs> and then I read, Steele's 78 years old. He doesn't blow. What? I mean, come on. Let's, you know, I understand the frustration. And, and there's going to be a lot more finger pointing. Because if Miami's favored in any game the rest of the year, I'd be really surprised. And why would they be? Why would they be? I was surprised they were even favored the last two I've been, I've been pulled up. We're favored against Virginia, aren't we? we uh, is it a push? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to pull it up, but I'm going to feel yeah, like we're pull it, we, I got to know it, that. <laughs> I mean, this is, it, but this is my point. This is going to be a year. And, and I, I posed this to our buddy Alex Dono. I said, it, in two years from now, we look back and go, gosh, we were horrible back in 22. I mean, we didn't have any playmakers. We didn't have any depth. And that's what's happening right now. I mean, these coaches, if you're blaming the coaches, then you really don't know football. I mean, come on. I mean, you, what these coaches are getting now, Vish, are, are, it's like being an ex. If you date a new girl, you're always going to carry the baggage of what your ex was about. And that's what's happening. Everybody's comparing these guys to somebody else. Listen. I'm not going to say anything about about Manny or his staff, but they were horrible compared to what you have now. Really, I I like Garen Justice. I always said I'd go to bat for him, and I always like you know a couple of the other guys. But please don't you know don't insult intelligence when you got proven coaches. They're coming in and and taking over a program that really has a not a lot of talent. So they're doing what they can to set the table. And I think over the next two years, and I'll guarantee it, okay? I'll guarantee that in two years from now, we'll be playing for an, uh, an ACC title. Two years. But right now, you just can't. You can't figure that. And, and that's why I laughed at the beginning of the year when everyone, oh, we're going to win 10 games, and then with a bowl game, we're going to win 11 games. On what basis? On what basis? There was nothing that really dictated your your avoided talent at linebacker. You had really one guy coming back that that had any experience in Corey Flag. You're relying on a freshman, and to me that brings up my point. Talking to some of the recruits, they're licking their lips, buddy. I mean, you know, oh, guys, some of them can't wait to be on campus. They can't wait to be here. Nathaniel wait. Joseph will come in here, and by the spring, he'll be right in the mix. He'll be right in the mix. I mean, let's face it, the talent that you have on this team, and I'm not saying this is the whole team, but right. for a majority of this team right here, I don't think Mario would have recruited these guys. I really, you know, there were Strepos, yes, and, and Tyler, yes, but even Tyler coming out of high school, they could have took a shot at him. He's from like an area where the competition. He played seven on seven football. Right. It, it, was, it was average, and I always thought he was more of a baseball product because I interviewed him and talked to him a little bit. I mean, but Jake Garcia was somebody that fell on their lap because I can guarantee right now if if California played football that year and he didn't leave Whittier, he wouldn't have been here. He wouldn't have gotten to Georgia. He wouldn't. So 
things kind of fall into place because they have to. I mean, you got a great kicking game, but you know what? For years, Miami's always had guys that can boot the ball, punters, kickers and stuff, Jeff Fiegels, all these other guys. But my point here is people are reliving last year and the years before. Uh, Last year, I mean, look at the last two years. And both of those receivers, Osborne's playing for Minnesota now and doing pretty well. Then you got somebody like a Rambo who's, you know, I mean, he was a guy. Remember this. If Oklahoma didn't re- recruit six five-star receivers, he still would have been there. He wasn't asked to leave. He left on his own because of the fact that he figured, well, my playing time is going to be limited. wasn't that he was bad or anything like that. He was really good. And they, and they caught fire that – Somebody like uh, 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 Harley finally learned how to catch the ball in his senior year. He was horrible for the first three years. He couldn't catch anything. I mean, we gotta we got to be up front and be truthful. What's going to happen now is you're going to get guys that are going to be developed. Miami's players haven't been developed the last 20 years. They really haven't. They've and, and you look at Sam Shields and you look at Chantrell Henderson, these are two guys that had way better NFL careers than they did at Miami. So that's what I'm saying. You've got kids that that are going to be coached up. And I'll put my reputation on the line that two years from now we'll be sitting here. This is a whole different tune we'll be singing. The, the roster next year will between who they bring in at freshmen and a couple of portal kids that are going to come in. Because don't think that this scares anybody away. It doesn't. No. It will attract them. And I'll, I, tell, I I'll tell you who is who it is going to scare away, and and this is exactly what needs to happen. You're uh, players on this team now. I mean, you you're going to see a mass exodus. See ya. And people don't people don't realize that. I think some people don't understand that, and that's fine, right? I mean, listen, you this is what Mario needs to do. He I needs agree. to change. He needs to completely change this roster. Right. Uh, and 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 Blue, you mentioned something, right? You mentioned this whole roster is not bad, but there's. A majority of it that is not playing to the level that Mario Cristobal wants it to play, and even no some of the really good ones, right? Because you know, for for everything, for all the stuff that we say, well, James Williams is not tackling well, and he all he does is use his shoulder. You know that he's talented. I mean, if he wasn't talented, Alabama and Clemson and all these teams wouldn't have been coming after him like they did when he was playing right? in American Heritage. Okay, right. he's not a bad player, but right now he's not playing well. He really is not, and he'll tell you that himself. So, you know, the, the fact that, you know, we're, we have some of those talented players on here, it, it doesn't really matter because the thing is, at the end of the day, this is a football team. And if you're not playing as a team and you got some guys there, you've got, I think Flo mentioned, it, if you got like 11 guys on the field, right? You've got 11 guys on the field at one time and you've got four or five of them that are not buying in, that screws up the other five or six. No that's doubt. just the bottom line. No right? doubt. Yeah, and, and I think that's probably what, just to your point, I think that's what I underestimated. Right. How many of these kids, given a fresh start, a new opportunity with, as Blue mentioned, look at the quality of staff here. Just at their resumes. You can all criticize what they're doing right now. Right. Look at the resumes on the staff. Like, give me a break, right? This is like, these, these kids went from getting, frankly, coached by the head coach as defensive coordinator because he couldn't find anyone to coach the defense. Like to yeah. having Charlie Strong just doing linebackers. And I assume they would not stare this gift horse in the mouth, and I was wrong. Right. Like I, I assume buy-in, frankly, I'm naive on my part, buy-in would be automatic. Like who would piss this opportunity away? Apparently a lot of them. 
<laughs> and, and we're seeing that. And I do want to talk a little bit about Les's question too on the defense. Cause I think, you know, some, a lot of this, you mentioned James Williams, like use your arms when you tackle buddy like, would help a lot of these problems go away. He's in position to make a lot of these plays and he's thrown his shoulder in. Um, and that's not the way you tackle. And exactly. I don't know what's going on there. Um, but I think one of the things I just I've think seen... that's that's a thing that you know you, you're just not listening to what's being taught. Well, right? well like, I, I mean, I don't know what's that. going on. I'm not there, so yeah, it's, but I, obviously, no one's telling him. Yeah, don't use your arm. Just throw a shoulder, and that's the way to tackle. Like no course, one's doing that. So of course, something something's off there. But I also, you know, to to point blue as main jazz that you were making as well. There are kids on this team that are right there right now that are going to form. Yeah, we're going to get new kids in. We're probably going to hit the portal that don't want to put up with this. But some of these kids are going to form those building blocks. And I've seen a lot of a lot of this like, oh, just throw the young kids in there. That's not necessarily a good thing. Not earning playing time is a good way to ruin people, right? Just like, ah, oh, the other guys aren't doing. We'll just throw you in there. No, make them earn spots. They'll be better for it. And also, if they're not ready to play it, you rush a kid out there, that's a good way to ruin him. Oh, yeah. So just so like I understand there's this desire to like get all these guys out of here. I've seen them play for two and three years. They're not good. <laughs> that's not necessarily going to help the young kid get better. Playing time is not always a good thing if you're not ready. Bad experience matters too. We've ruined kids before rushing them out there too quickly. So Again, this is going to be a painful season. We're going to have to lose five more of these games. We're going to have to sit through them. Well, you um, know, so, some, yeah, someone asked someone asked Coach Cristobal in the, in the press, I believe, that some of the guys, if some of the guys weren't playing hard or whatnot, and this, this kind of goes to what, you know, Fernie is saying in the chat now as well, you know, saying that, you know, those, those are some of the players that need to go. New Age kids want to lay the – what was it? Yeah, and New Age kids want to lay the boom instead of just do their job. Yeah, so, I, look, and my thing is that – you know, Mar- Mario said it right. He said, like, "Well, if there's guys that aren't playing hard, then um, they're not going to be here very, very long, right?" And I, and I'm going to be honest here. And Larry, you probably know, uh, you, you probably know Coach Cristobal better than many of us, right? Um, he's going to give it to you straight. He's never sugarcoated anything. He's not about BS. If you're not Miami caliber, he's going to tell you you might have a better opportunity to enter the transfer portal and, and no go doubt. somewhere else. And no I doubt. guarantee you, he's going to have a lot of those conversations with a lot of these players when the season comes to an end. It's just, it's just, it is what it is. And, and you see it, you and, see it. And they'll have valid ammunition because he'll say, listen, we just came off a season. This was basically an audition season for a lot of you guys, you know, to show, you know, that you could, you could step up, but look at how many guys that everybody cried for Miami to get. And I'm not going to mention any names, but there's a lot of local kids. Oh, we got to get that guy. We got to get that guy. No, those guys aren't doing anything. And you know what? They're given opportunities. As Vish said, we're not at practice, so we don't know. And that's one of the things that I, that Alex uh, Donna and I talked about, you know, I mean, all these people are talking about who should be in there. Uh, we, we talked about um, Thad Franklin and I've come to the, probably the opinion that he's not getting it done in, in practice. He's maybe for one reason or another, he's not giving all the effort because there's no way on this earth would somebody like a Mario Cristobal uh, sabotage his program and not play the best player. So evidently, I mean, you know, he is not doing things that they need and he may be gone. You know what? He's a, and, and I love the guy, but if there's something that, that he's not fitting into here, um, he'll be a great 
back at Wisconsin, he'll get his 26 carries for 200 yards, and that's the way he is. He's a big back like that. Miami's offense might not be suited to what he's about, but there's no other reason why he's not playing. Inside the 20s, there should be no other player but 22. Sorry, short yarded, no other player but 22. You're, what you're doing is you're dancing your little backs around and, and your offensive line's getting pushed back. And once they get pushed back, they got no shot. How many times did Duke's defense dial up something that pushed my – this reminds me of two years ago when Pittsburgh – when they played Pittsburgh and uh, Cameron Harris would get the ball five yards deep. And as soon as he got the ball, somebody from the other team was right there, five yards deep. So that's what's happening now. Miami's offensive line is not even average. Uh, you know, I mean, they have a couple of guys like Rivers and people like that that are playing. But I watched some of those offensive line. I looked at every single one of them play, uh, you know, against Duke's defense. And, you know, Duke dialed up some great plays. You got to give them credit. You know, I don't care what they – see, I think the average fan views Duke as, oh, they were awful and we used to beat them. They're not like that anymore. They're I mean, not they're, awful. <laughs> yeah, they're not awful. They're not, their quarterback is as good as anybody that Miami will play against. I mean, he was smart. You know, he did, he did things, uh, their coaching staff. See, here's the difference. Their coaches will put them in the position just like Miami's does, but they'll make the plays. Miami doesn't make the plays. And when like Vish and I were talking, I think we were so adamant in the pregame about we can't afford to give them anything else. They got a better team right now. You know, they got three good running backs. They got a quarterback, their offensive line was senior oriented. You don't need to give them any, you know, any excuses. And here you go, pop it down there. And then you make a mistake and you give them the ball right down there to even the game. And then everything kind of unraveled and they did it again and they did it again. And Miami looks, and, and, and I think the first thing guys that everybody wants to point to is coaching. As soon as, Oh man, that mistakes, that's on the coach. They, you know, they can't be making those mistakes. That's on the coach. No, all I can say is this, these, this coaching staff or any coaching staff, could draw up a play and say, listen, you got to be right here. And if he's right there and he doesn't make the play, how could that be on the coaching? I mean, you know, you could only do what you can because when you get better talent, watch how everybody's opinion changes. All of a sudden they go, well, now they're, yeah, because you got better personnel. Personnel means everything. You can coach people up to a certain point. But if, if that average talent's not making plays, then, I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Nick Saban. I don't care who it is. Nick Saban doesn't have a great roster. Oh, well, Nick could say, no, you can't. You can't get anything more than out, out of the out of these kids than, than you're getting now. And that's my uh, 100% truth, you know, my feeling about that. You know, Vish, I mean, when you take a look at it, how much more can you get? Out of these players, if if they're if they're given turning the ball over, they're making stupid penalties. I mean, you're doing yeah. what you can. And 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 to your point, like I mean, there was one run. This was after we, um, I can't remember. It was after we had, like turned it over on downs, or, or throw, oh, it was after the fourth down where they dropped the interception. Right. That first play on that next drive, our defensive call was perfect. We. Had four guys in position to tackle in the backfield. He just cut through and, and ran for like 25, 30 yards. I'm like, what's, yeah. what, what's the coach supposed to do there? You got everyone yeah. positioned. How as, could that as, be on coaching? You know, but Jazz I rejoins mean, us. Yeah. I mean, we're getting enough players in position. You know what? You know what triggered a thought in my head? So on that, that fourth down, this is the biggest play of the game because we're still up. It was that long drive they had. They had fourth and goal on like the two. And they had a perfect play call and they called that shovel pass. 
Yeah. Because yeah. we were all keen on the quarterback, right? And I'm like, no, is that great play calls? Like, if we call that, we would have dropped the shovel pass. I'm 100% sure we would have dropped it. It would have been an incomplete pass if it was the shoe was on the other foot. Yeah. But, like, that's just – got to sometimes tip your cap to the other team. I think the disappointing thing was the turnovers and we imploded. Yeah. But, like, they're like, – we talked about in the pregame, Blue. They were solid. They do a lot of things. They're not, like, amazing at anything, but they're just very fundamentally sound, do a lot of things good, not great. And if you give them – turnovers and make mistakes they will kill you for it and we did that time and again so we just saw and that they did saw that on the field and, and like i said i just i, I could imagine just calling that shovel pass the, the tight end just dropping it just be like oh god we dropped the ball <laughs> it's just like i could see that like a million times like just clear in my head and they caught it ran through some tackles and got in it's just yeah we're not we're not there yet the, the other thing though I, I think it's just you know we're looking at this at, at, at like, well, this guy could do better. That guy could do, like the whole team is just not there yet. And yeah. it's going to be a struggle. We're going to suffer through it. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're also, I mean, this is not an excuse and certainly not an excuse for losing the middle Tennessee, but the number of injuries we've had at this point is pretty unbelievable, especially on the offensive line. Like our, whole, our, our running game should have like three more running backs and four more linemen involved that are there right now. And that's hard to overcome when we weren't a deep team at all. Our best running back couldn't crack the depth chart at Ole Miss last year. Like think you got to think about where we are from a talent perspective. And then you add injuries to that. Like this is not. Well, I don't know about that because he was pretty damn good at Ole Miss too. Henry Parrish ran up for over 500 yards at Ole Miss and all three. He cracked the depth chart, but he wasn't the the starting running back. He, he was he was on the depth. They chart. rotated three guys. They rotated. He was three on the depth. Let's give him a little credit. He was pretty. Right, good. He was on the depth chart. You happy? You happy? And he was Mr. By the way, he was Mr. Florida football when he was here. I'm not saying he's not good. I'm just saying the that's kid, our starting is, running back, and probably our until um until recently, I think un, undoubtedly our best offensive player. Um, yeah. and he came in as a transfer. Yep. But that so, I mean, that just is, tells you right. That yeah, just tells, tells you where, a lot where about. Are. About Coach Cristobal and this team, where we're at, where we're at as a team, right? Who's your best defensive player right now? Is it it's Akeem Mesador, probably, right? Yeah, or know? Cam, or, one of the other, or, or Cam. But you, Akeem Mesador, if you can name your top four players on defense right now, it's Akeem Mesador. It's probably Daryl Jackson. I would probably still throw in Corey Fly. He's having a good year, man. Uh, yeah, still yeah. probably throw him in there. Um, and because if I bring him up, you'll get hey, that's your guy. So I'll yeah. let you. Bring well, him. Hey, no, 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 no. <laughs> We're all convinced that he's had a pretty decent year this year, and yeah. he's he's playing hard, man. He's he's a guy that's definitely bought into the program and has developed and and gotten better at at you know what he does. But then Cam Kitchens and maybe even a guy like Daryl Porter, right? Those are your five, four or five guys that have been your best players on defense. And out of those four or five guys, three of them, at least, three or four of them, are transfer portal guys. And Even, that's, even you if know, you throw Tyreek in there, he was a portal guy last he year. He was a portal guy too, right? But So, I mean, he wasn't, you know, he's a guy that comes in, an SEC player, so I get it, you know? And then on the offensive side of the ball, who's your best, who's your best player, right? Aside from TVD, it's Kobe Young. And Kobe Young is a transfer portal guy as well. Yeah. You know, um, um, obviously, he's a... a, a junior college kid but he's a transfer portal nonetheless so i think that you you, you got to put all of that into perspective you got to understand that what you know and and again this is not to say that it's all on the players coaches have some blame and you have to right you have to say that 
you know, they're responsible or they have to take accountability for certain things as well, whether it's some of the play calling by Josh Gaddis in the red zone, whether it's some of the play calling by Kevin Steele on some of those fourth and longs and third and longs that have that have converted, whatever the case is, right? You, you've got to put it on both because at the end of the day, these, these are the coaches that are preparing these kids to be successful on the field. But again, the players have to execute on the field. And if you're not doing that, as SoCal, as SoCal Canes uh, mentioned, right? Like, you know, the coaches are not telling the kids to commit penalties, turnovers, or blown assignments. They're not. But they but these coaches have to get them prepared as well. And yeah, they I have to keep is... them a little more disciplined. So it's, it goes both – it goes around, you know, it's it goes hand in hand. There, there, is, there is some responsibility on the coaches from the standpoint of, you know, seven games in, if it's still not coming – if the players still are not able to take that instruction, you might need to change the way you're teaching it, right? Yeah. Something's not connecting there. But one of the things I do want to talk a little bit about with Les. By the way, they only committed, what, two or three penalties? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that Virginia Tech game was a yeah. complete penalty. That's an anomaly. anomaly. Yeah. We anomaly. have been sure. the best team in the ACC on penalties before that game. Right. And we're good again this week. Unfortunately, you know, we turned it over before yeah. we made some penalties. But um, but I do want to talk a little bit about this because, I mean, like at third and 13, I, I actually tweet about this. And we have been awful this year on third and long and fourth and long. And that drive we also get a fourth and nine. Um, that critical drive at the end of the half against North Carolina, they convert like a fourth and 12. Like we're, we've been bad on those situations, but that third and 13, I'm a hundred percent sure that was a player issue because you saw the linebacker bail and then not stop at the first down line and keep running backwards. He was double teaming the tight end 25 yards up the field and left the whole middle of the field open. There's no way that's the play call. He was supposed to protect the first down line. That's what you do in those situations. You don't, you because this is one of the things that actually frustrates me about commentaries when they throw to a receiver like two yards short of the first down. Like, well, why didn't you run to the first down? As if the defense doesn't know where the first down line is, too. They're letting him catch it there. If he goes two yards further, that's where the defender is. Right. So, like, that was not the play call, was not to just let the <laughs> let him check down to the running back and run for 20 yards. Like, the, they busted the assignment. He followed the tight end up and didn't hand him off correctly. And we've seen a lot of issues with that. We saw in the fourth down on that drive, too, where – there's just a miscommunication. We have one guy handing it off to another guy that's not there, or they both cover the same guy and, and leave space open. So whatever's going on with that, those aren't the calls. In terms of the running touchdowns, I mean, one of them was that third and nine where, frankly, we should have made the stop on third and goal from the nine. There's no excuse for that. The other one, I mean, I hate to go back to it, but James Williams had him at the two-yard line if he used his arms instead of throwing a shoulder into him. Right. So, like, I mean, again, if you want to talk about the play call – that's that putting guys in position to make the tackle is all the coach can do. They got to make the actual tackle. Now I will say, I know Cristobal and I appreciate this and I respect him for it. He's not going to publicly come out and say, these kids quit. They quit. You could see it. They stopped running. They were doing simple plays in that fourth quarter and just going right around us. Like, let me go off tackle on third and six and no one ran to chase him. Like, and I'm sure Cristobal saw it on tape as blue said, they heard about it. I'm sure in practice. But well, he's not going to come yeah. out publicly and be like, "Yeah, this kid quit or that kid quit." No one will respect a leader that does that. No, well, and, and I know, and I know that that behind the scenes, and you know, the coaches were laying into the players and getting loud and getting in their face and screaming and and you know, doing what college football, doing what football coaches do, right? If you're if you're a player, you're playing at a Division One football program, okay, and you don't do your job and you don't execute. Guess what's going to happen to you? You're going to get reamed. That's part of college football. And if you're going to sit there, you're going to complain, oh, my gosh, and cry to whoever it is that you're going to cry to, 
Okay. I mean, and we saw gonna, the tweet, dude. Yeah, you're gonna have <laughs> them do your ugly work for you. You're gonna have your parent. That. I mean, what does that tell you about those players, whoever it is, right? That it's happening to. Well, I do think it's a little bit different that in the past, I think, I don't think this is abnormal for a player to like get up to their coach and tell their parents. I think in the past, the parent would come back and say, shut up and go listen to your coach. And yeah. now they, now they go on Twitter and say they're mistreating my boy. And it's Look, like an embarrassment for everyone. It is. <laughs> but, but, but I, but I, I, I will tell you who it's not an embarrassment for. It's not an embarrassment for Coach Cristobal because he just doesn't care. He doesn't care. No, and, and I think from a leadership standpoint, you don't want a player that's out in the media saying, yeah, these kids quit. or there's he's he, That's why he's talking. He's taking responsibility. He's like, yeah, you know, this is going to be a major problem. You know what he's thinking. He's like, but, these kids got to go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but you, don't, you don't want a coach coming out and saying that. So he's, you know, doing, doing you know, basically – running interference for the kids and then at the end of the year he's gonna have some conversations with them about you know continuing their career somewhere else i mean that's basically where it's headed yeah i like, I like what's so, so put up with socal says the percentage of our players uh, of our team is soft we need to get players that refuse to lose and win or do whatever it takes to win at all costs within the rules yeah i mean yeah you nailed it and that's the kind of players that that coach christopher wants on this team yeah and um, nobody's saying anything the way Oregon's playing this year. And a lot of those kids were his, you know, they, they're the ones that set the table for that. Blue, someone tweeted out that uh, um, Oregon is on year five with Mario. So Dan Lanning is on year five with Mario Cristobal players and, yeah. And, yeah. or vice versa. And then and Mario's on year four with yeah. year five with Manny Diaz's players. How's that working yeah. out? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a valid point, right? I mean, it's a valid point. And, and, I mean, that's why when I listen to people and, I'm, you know, I get frustrated because of the fact that a lot of these fans don't understand. They really don't understand the process, what's going on. They and But I, you know what, you know, that 95% of the people are, don't do what I do, you know. So I can't say that, you know, I, well, they should think like me, but I don't expect them to. Because, you know, if I watch like a hockey or basketball and I have like instincts to say this and that, what do I know? I mean, I'm just a fan uh, and, and I don't expect myself to know. Oh, by the way, uh, Aaron Judge may go to the Dodgers. How about that? Oh, well, <laughs> the Dodgers, whatever, they find a way to screw it up anyways, don't they? Yeah. Uh, man, I got a question for you, Blue. I want you to answer this with Trey, with, with Trey just put over here. There's no fire on the silence from the coaches. It's like they don't have relationships with the players to coach them up. Number mm. one, do you agree with that? And number That's two, hearsay. That's yeah, hearsay. I, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that anyways, because Mario Cristobal is the most pumped up guy, the entire game, the entire game. I mean, you, you and I watched him in the pregame uh, against who I guess Southern miss or whatever. And, and you, you even said, damn, look at him. He's going everywhere. He's like, but he's like that throughout the right. entire game. And if you notice, and his coaches do, I mean, you know, what, are we just sitting there watching? I, I don't think when we when they pan the sidelines that I ever see a coach long enough to tell that he's not doing this or that, right? I mean, how long? I mean, that's an assumption made, I guess, in general, because how many times do you really see a spotlight on one of the coaches and give him a long enough to, you know, to, to make that judgment, in my opinion? I mean, you know, it's, oh, the coaches have no fire. They got no relationship with right. kids. How can you tell that in a two-second clip? Well, the, mean, the other know, thing, the other thing I would say is this is why culture changes are hard, um, because quite frankly, 
it was it's been acceptable to lose here for a long time. So it's fine to say like we need win at all costs, refuse to lose stuff. That ain't the program right now. And it what hasn't been. So you have kids that were recruited to not be in that, to be honest. Like some of them came here because Manny does not run a tight ship. They came here to have fun. Good point. They didn't sign up for this. And so we talk about kind of a disconnect. Yeah, some of these kids culturally do not fit with what Mario wants to do. And that's where they're going to go. Some of them went already before the year started. Some of them are still here. You're not going to have 60 players leave in the season. No. So, no, so no, no. I mean, so it's going to take time. Well, yeah, about culture year. change. <laughs> no, that's not. <laughs> I, 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 is, I, I, when you talk I'll, about I'll culture exaggerate. change, this is why it's hard. Like, it's hard to to imagine two coaches with different styles as, as far apart as Mario Cristobal's no-nonsense and Manny Diaz's whatever you want to call some of that was. But, like, I mean, we're not going to have a tackling dominant that says 7-5 and five on it and do, like, an Instagram show for the fans. Like, that ain't going to happen here. Like, this is a completely – and when we still complain about some of those stuff, like, how come they're always running the social media? That's the program they signed up to play at. And that's not the coach anymore, but that's definitely the coach when they came here. Yep. Right? I mean, this exactly. is – again, I made – I wasn't joking. He literally put Tate Martell into a bowl game because they asked for it on Twitter. The kid had not practiced or played with the team for several months, and he looked like it when he went in there. It's just, like, this is a different program than was it. So, in a way, I'm on – I mean, this is bad, but I'm almost sympathetic to the kids because they didn't sign up for this either. Yeah, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's like this is this is where the program's headed, and it's going to be difficult to. For some of them, are not going to be able to adjust. And I, what I, you're seeing is a lot of that. I want to answer this question again from Trey, um, Mar the Mario one with Willie Taggart. So if you can put put that up there really quick, because I want everybody's take on this one. Mario won with Willie Tiger players. His last year would have been uh, a full four-year recruiting cycle. Mario never wanted Bonics, and he looks much improved. Number one, first things first. Let's just say, hypothetically, he won with Willie. Willie Tiger's players were there when Mario got in there. Number one, Mario went four and eight his first year with Willie Tiger's players. Okay? Then when he got his first recruiting, his first year recruiting, right, he brought in some more of his players. And the second year, he brought more of his players in. Oh, by the way, he won a Rose Bowl. Okay? Um, so and we're talking about, okay, this is going to be a full cycle, four years, whatever the case is. Forget about the Bo Nicks trash. I don't care about that. But we're talking about recruiting cycles. We're talking about four – this is a four-year recruiting cycle. Let's just say that's the case. So he had four years, and he was productive, and he won a Rose Bowl, and he won a couple Pac-12s or Pac-10, whatever it is over there. Um we're talking about he doesn't have control of this football program and the coaching sucks and this, that, and the other already, and it's the seventh game of the first year for Mario Cristobal. So what are we even talking about here when we're saying this? What are we talking about? He won with Willie Tigers players. He went four and eight with Willie Tigers players his first year, or did we forget about that? We're just going to throw that out and say, well, that doesn't really count because it's Willie Tigers players. Oh, but then he won with Willie Tigers players, so which one is it? I'm not understanding why we keep saying that Mario won with other people's players and now he has to – I don't get it. I don't get it. It's not the same, first of all. You can't compare, okay? You don't well, understand. The, the culture is completely different. This is a completely different thing that we're talking about here. And if we're going to mention that he went for – that he won with Willie Tigers players, he had a whole entire four years to be successful, which he was in Oregon. Yeah, so for, he didn't actually go four and eight. So he he won nine games his first year, and then won the Rose Bowl. And I think people are are 
I'm not surprised our fans aren't up on Oregon history, though. That program yeah. was a dumpster when he came there. Willie Tyrant was there for one year. What do you mean his yeah. players? Right. Yeah. He quit after one year of winning seven games. Mario elevated that program. Class. Yeah, he was and, ne- next to last in the Pac-12 yeah. in the recruiting class. <laughs> he was right only there. there a year. What do you mean his players? Like, he was barely <laughs> even there. He didn't even have a full recruiting cycle. And the program that Willie Taggart inherited, the reason he got the hell out of there, Mark Helfish destroyed that program. Oh, yeah. They won four games his last year, and he got fired. Willie Taggart saw how bad it was and got out of there. Mario fixed that program. That program was in Definitely. trouble. Definitely. People think there's like a straight line from Chip Kelly to Mario. No, that thing went in the toilet. So, I mean, I, to be determined what happens here, but, like, he rebuilt that Oregon program. So, I, I don't so I, I don't know what, what exactly you expect him to do there and how you're giving Willie Taggart, I was there for six months, credit for anything. But, yeah. I mean, even Willie Taggart wouldn't take credit for anything at Oregon. So, yeah. I mean, you guys are misremembering history a little bit if you think that, like, Willie Taggart had anything to do with what Mario did at Oregon. I must have misremembered history, too, because I'm pretty sure I thought he mentioned that he went four and eight. Um, one year at Oregon. No, maybe on the staff. Was he on Helfrich's staff? Because he, Helfrich he could, went four I and think eight. he inherited a four and eight team. Well, well oh, Willie Taggart what, did. It I was think four that's and eight. What he said. Helfrich went four and eight and got fired. Willie Taggart went seven and six and got the hell Whatever out of there. Whatever it was. Yeah. Then Mario won nine games, won the oh, Rose Bowl okay, okay. That's what the four won and eight the, was. Won the, won the Pac 12 again and lost the Fiesta Bowl. So that was a three year arc. Gotcha. And he had them in BCS Bowls the last two years and won the Pac 12. Finished right. a spot out of the playoffs. Yeah. Right. But let's talk about you know. yeah. But I don't I don't think Willie Tiger gets credit for that. Sorry. Willie Tiger's players. Um, How is it working out for Willie at FAU now? He may be maybe two and gun done there. Uh, I mean, State. it's good. Florida State's paying him well. So <laughs> yeah, well, isn't Oregon still paying him too? I don't. I, no. think, I don't think Oregon has USF could be still paying him. <laughs> yeah, Oregon he left voluntarily. He's like the Bobby Bonilla of college football. Huh? <laughs> yes, checks, he is. All these checks show up. Well, I was gonna say, or the Al Golden, one of the <laughs> early Al Golden. Right? Al Golden's not doing such a great job at Notre Dame either, either is he? Um, yeah. On that yeah. defense. Um, moving along, one you know, one thing that we wanted to mention because Vish, we you know, we said we we're going to talk about this a little bit is the quarterback position. Obviously, we know that the the the. I guess the, the crappiest thing that came out of that game was that TBD went down with an injury. It looks like his shoulder. Don't want to. Um, yeah, I, I mean, but it looks like it's a shoulder. He may be out a little bit. Um, well, I mean, I, I don't I I don't know that this isn't a situation like if you saw what NC State did a few weeks ago where the kid is out for the year and they knew it. And they just didn't announce it until the day of the game. Right. Um, I wouldn't because this whole like his arm is sore. We'll see stuff does not inspire me confidence that because he didn't say, you know, let's see how he practices. He's got to go. I I have a distinct feeling he might be longer term than we let on. But we don't know. So like I said, don't speculate after I speculated. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know, but he's going to be out for a long time. (laughs) Um, No, but uh, I think the question is, you know, we, we got to see a little again. We got to see a little bit of Jake Garcia. And I know that some people get really excited when Jake Garcia comes into the game. And Blue Fish, he's, uh, he just doesn't look ready, right? He didn't look ready on, on a lot of it. Yeah, he's got he's made some really nice throws when he had some protection when, um, you know, and some people have mentioned this when they do film review. When Miami leaves a, a back in to block and they have max protect, yeah, of course you're going to have some more time to throw the football around. And you see that anybody can really make a nice throw, right? Anybody can. Yeah. Throw throw when the when when you have max protection, but to give him credit, he did make some nice throws right on that touchdown pass to Will Mallory, on the touchdown pass to Kobe, 
uh, to Kobe Young, even though he broke he you know he broke a tackle and went seventy yards. But um, either way, it's a nice throw. He made us you know some nice throws, but then you saw him revert back to you know just just kind of trying to take too many risks and and turning the ball over. Whether it's the sack, the, you know the, the fumble, uh, the strict excuse me the strip sack fumble or or the interceptions. Um, you know, a lot of people obviously are not convinced or confident in, you know, anything now with <laughs> with TVD out. Uh, you know, a lot of people before the season started thought that maybe Jay Garcia should have had, you know, should have been in a quarterback competition. We clearly saw TVD is the best quarterback on this team. However, you did notice that uh, we had some packages for Jakari Brown um, in this game. And although we have not seen him throw the ball yet, he looks like one of the most ex- exciting um, and explosive guys on, on that offense. Uh, just off of some of the plays that he ran, I know you know some of the stuff was kind of whatever you know he hit the back of the line and, and whatnot. But you saw even on some of the uh, on some of the runs that he was able to break for seven eight yards. I think he had an eleven yard run on one of those plays. Uh, you see his ex- athleticism. You see his style of play is exciting, right? He kind of reminds you of some of these other quarterbacks that can kind of move around a little bit. that are more ex- athletic. Uh, there's a ton of them, obviously, in the league. You know, you, you can mention some of the guys that we saw play uh, last week, um, the, the kid over at Alabama, Bryce Young, uh, Malik Cunningham, some of these guys that are really athletic quarterbacks um, that are really good. He kind of fits that type of mold. And, yeah, he can throw the ball around a little bit. So the question is, right, do we see more Jakari Brown? Although uh, I think Mario Cristobal has already mentioned that it's Jake Garcia, right? Jake Garcia is the next man up. Um, but we may see more Jakari Brown. Yeah. Would you be excited? Would you be open? Because I'm I'm under I'm under the um, uh, the thought process that I'm not counting out Jakari Brown next year at all, and not even this year for the next whatever how many however many games TBD may be out. Um, to really get significant playing time, because at this point, this is it's going to be tough to to be bowl eligible with a team that's struggling this much, and now you lose your potential first round quarterback for an extended amount of time. Are you excited about the opportunity that to see what Jakari Brown can kind of do, um, or do you kind of want to stick to the whole? Let's just see Jake Garcia, the you know, try to continue to develop and make better plays and. And just be the quarterback from uh, you know moving forward. Because look, at the end of the day, some of those plays that they ran with Jakari Brown and Vish, you mentioned this. Why why not run it with Jake Garcia? He's a very athletic guy too. He can move around a lot. He's got good legs, right? Why not just do it with him? No, they did it with Jakari Brown instead. So moving on, moving forward now. Let's say the UVA game. What do you want to see from these quarterbacks? Um, first of all, is this not the first time in his career that? Um, that Jake Garcia is going to be seeing significant time as the number one player going into the game. So he, in all these rest of these games, he came in in relief and he really didn't run with the ones. That's all he's going to be doing this week. So I think we got to let's, let's wait and see what happens when he gets a full week of running with the number one unit, you know, in practice, I think there's a lot to be said for that. Um, uh, to answer your Jakari Brown question, he's a stud, no doubt. And there's packages that you need to get him in there. And sooner or later, he's going to throw the ball, and we'll see what he's got. But uh, but he's one snap, just one injury away from being in the same situation as Jake Garcia was. So, yeah, he, I'm sure they're going to give him a lot of reps in practice, a lot more than he's gotten in the past. 
But I'm anxious to see what Jake Garcia does as a starter and what, having one week of reps with the number ones only. And uh, and he hasn't had that. He's always working. He may be uh, at the end of practice he'll work a couple of series with ones, but now he's a primary guy. And I want to see how he's going to respond to that. I think he'll have a little bit more familiarity. You just can't stick somebody out and all of a sudden they'll have a, a great relationship with your receivers or know when this guy, where this guy is going to be. See, that's the one thing that Tyler's had is he's had that awareness and had that experience of knowing where these guys are going to be, where Will Mallory was going to be, or where uh, Brashard Smith was going to be, because he's, he knows from repetitions in practice that, okay, well on this down, this is a third and eight. And uh, you know, we have these two play calls and this is where Brashard's going to be. See, now Jake hasn't had that opportunity. Um, real quick, real quick. He says Jake isn't mobile. I don't think Tyler Van Dyke runs a 4-4 either. First of all, I disagree that Jake is more – first, he's not He's not Jakari Brown mobile, but he's just he's, – he's definitely more mobile than TVD was. Uh, we saw some of the plays where he was able to get out last year and run for some yardage on that play that he broke his leg. Um, I mean, he was he was gone right for some time. Then he got tackled from behind. But um, I I kind of disagree with what with, with what Manuel Soto said here at the end. Don't put Brown in with this O line. I think this is the type of O line that might be better for a guy like Brown. Right? They can't hold their ta- they can't hold their blocks anyways. So this is the type of O line that you need a mobile quarterback to get out of the pocket because sometimes this pocket is caving in and you have no time to 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 move up in the pocket or get out of it. Jakar, and I'm, of course I'm saying that tongue in cheek, but like you know because we haven't seen Jakari Brown throw the football or anything like that. But um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think either way this, this O-line is just not, not performing really well anyway. So. Yeah. yeah I, I think we're getting, we got to prepare to play them both. Um, we're going to need, because of the offensive line, this is not a knock on Jake Garcia. He doesn't, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. He does not have, yeah, he'll, he should be sharper having practiced all week as the one with the ones, but he doesn't have TVD's arm talent either. And we basically this offense as much as everyone's um everyone is you know ripping Gaddis, he's evolved this offense over the season right because we were able to when we had the offensive line healthy we were able to run and actually at that point tbd couldn't hit the broadside of a barn remember you all benched him um so so <laughs> like that was we were a running team that was having to like and against AM, the only thing we were able to do was run the ball Right. And 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 then it flipped and he evolved with it to the point that by the time Garcia gets into this game, we are essentially a pass first, throw it all, all over the field team because that's all we could really do because we couldn't run block. That's not a good offense for Garcia. Like he actually what we were running earlier in the year probably fits probably a little better. Yeah, exactly. But right. we don't have that. The offensive line is too injured now. Like a lot of the guys that were opening those holes are not on the field right now. So and by the way, guys like Jakai Clark, yeah, that that are playing are believe it or not, he's really injured. He's struggling right now. Yeah, no, he had we, to play because we didn't have nobody. Yeah, we ran out with a, well, his his backup got hurt. Who was the guy actually playing? We had to sub him in there with like on a half like like a half half fit. I mean, we're out of players. Right. So, um, to me, like trying to run that offense with Garcia is a disservice to Garcia. He's not. 
he doesn't have the arm talent to do that. Like we don't want him throwing 57 times like TBD did against North Carolina. Yeah. So, so, so gas is going to have to probably, and it's not a knock on Garcia. He's just a different, No, we don't want anyone yeah. to have to run that offense. This is a last resort offense. Cause we can't run the ball. Like who wants to throw it 60 times? No one wants to do that. That's not right. a good offense. It's what we were forced to do. Cause we literally, as everyone so quick to point out, cannot even run for one yard. Yeah. Well, then you have to throw on basically every play, which is what we evolved into. And then the quarterback gets injured and, that's not a good offense for Garcia. So I think we got to figure out ways for him to use his legs. We probably got to do more option stuff. Although we tried to run an option against Duke and no one blocked. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen like guy, no I'm one blocked. Yeah. Tuck it into the nose tackle and take your oh, one yard loss. Like, I've never seen anything like that. But, yeah. yeah that was bad. But, but like we, so we're going to have to, and I think we do need to Curry Brown to have a couple of series where we script some plays for him. Where you can just bring something else, because frankly, if it's not TBD, we're gonna have to find points somehow. Right. So if there's like ten plays, Jacurry Brown runs well. We need a package for him. Give him a series and let him run those ten plays. Like we just that that's where we're at at this point. Because the biggest thing, and we've talked about this all, all show, the offensive line can't block, which means we cannot run, and it's limited what pass plays you can call too. That's gonna hamstring anyone, and we're in trouble because of that. Oh, in part, terms of but... just real quick on this, which part? Uh, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> come on, Manuel. So I'm not even paying attention. Well, no, but no, but I get what he said. I just want to address the second half. I get like, it. I get it. I get you. Like we don't need to redshirt him. Like if like he's not going to be a fifth year senior in 2026 starting here. Yeah, that's that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> so so don't even worry about that. Like if he takes a redshirt now, it'll be to enter the portal. Like that's what kids redshirt in the middle of the season. Like I'm not going to play here. I want to save my year for myself. He's oh. not. He's not going to redshirt, sit on the bench, and then and or either one of two things is going to happen if we redshirt him or not. He's either going to compete for the post TVD starting job and win it, or he's going to transfer. Let's be real. That is how the game works now. They don't sit there. Exactly. So redshirting him doesn't do anything because he'll be starting well before that extra year is needed. And frankly, he'll leave and go pro or whatever. He's not going to start at the same school for four years. So, so like that doesn't happen anymore. They either transfer out in the portal if they if they if they can't go pro or they go pro. Like he's not he's just he's not not no one on this roster is going to be our starting quarterback in twenty twenty six. Right. So we don't need to redshirt anyone. Yeah. And that last that last question, who's going to start next year? That's a question for next year. I have no idea. But also, yeah, I let's wouldn't, worry about. I wouldn't uh, rule out our current yeah. starter who wears number nine being back. Let's if worry about actually yeah, if he right. actually does not come back and play this year. He hasn't had the greatest year. He's come on lately, and everyone already forgot that he was struggling earlier in the year. But and now it's like, oh my god, we lost the quarterback who I tried to bench two weeks ago. But um, that would but get really interesting. I actually no, I think if he comes back, he's the starter. I don't think no, no, I'm just saying for everybody else behind them. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, uh, UVA, real quick before we get on out of here, not a very good team. Oh, so I did look it up. Gary had it at minus three. It's two and a half now. It's from the best I could see. <laughs> Miami favorite. There's not a lot of lines out there. I wonder if they're holding it because of TVD. Yeah, but so it was hard for me to find the line. But, but the ones right I did find were us favored by two and a half. Yeah, so basically it's a push right now. Yeah, because right you get well, you get three for home. So technically they think we're better, which right. might be the case. Race to the bottom there. Yeah, we might be, but uh, Virginia is not very good. I thought they were actually going to be better with Brandon Armstrong back and that that wide receiver core that they had. Um, they've been uh, they've been mediocre. At best, and uh, Brendan Armstrong hasn't had a great season, from what I can tell. But uh, 
Uh, it's still dangerous UVA team nonetheless, right? Um, yep. We're going up to Charlottesville uh, with a team that's that's hurt. It's riddled with injuries. Um, I mean, this could be another one of those one of those Virginia Tech style games, if you ask me, where we kind of get yeah. get out and and. But not even, maybe, I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't know what kind of game this is going to be. It's tough to tell, isn't it? But Miami needs to go three and two over the last five games or they don't make a bowl. And I know if they don't make a bowl, then watch out. You know, I mean, and this is fans. a must win for that because you're this definitely is a losing. huge win. I mean, you're, you're, you're definitely losing to Clemson, so that's one loss. And so you go Florida State's one. not going yeah, to be easy. Yeah, and you yep. look Florida State and Pitt are at home, but those right. are tough. Yeah, very you almost tough. almost have to win at Virginia, at definitely. Georgia Tech. Definitely. And then win one of Florida State and Pitt is probably yeah, a way yeah. to get three wins. So yeah, this I, is agree. Kind of I agree. So yeah, be tough. I agree. I, I mean, I'll give uh, my opinion. This week, last week, I had uh, twenty-eight to twenty-four, and it kind of looked like it was going to be that way until Miami right. started giving the ball away. And uh, I still think, and I wish I told you that if if Duke gets into the thirties, Miami's got no chance of beating them because they just don't have that type of offense to score. That much now, however, however, this week a little bit different. A Virginia team that you know, first year coach, Coach Elliott's a good guy, and he's done a you know, he comes from a great lineage as well. Um, I just don't see, uh, I think it's going to be one of those last possession type. I think Miami takes it by about 28 to 24, just like last week. Yeah, I, yeah, I or just I like I thought it would be last yeah. week. I don't think they dominate at all. Like, no, 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 not at all. I think, I think they're obviously the. the the more talented team, quote unquote, but uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, they're, it, they're it, more, they have more talented players. It, it, talented it's got to be yeah. the, the defense needs to win this game. Um, Virginia scored 34 points in their opener against Richmond. They've only scored exactly 20 one other time. Everything else is below 20 points, even in their wins. Right. If the defense, like the blue, if the defense gives up a lot of points, we're gonna lose because. But the offense, whatever it is, is going to be worse than it was under TVD. So, oh yeah, you know we got to try and get into the low twenties. Like I said, we, that's why I'm saying put Jakuri in for a package. We need to Definitely. find points somewhere. Just find ways to get to twenty points. And the defense has to hold them under twenty. They have not been scoring, and it can't be against us that they all of a sudden put up thirty points. Yeah, if, if they don't win this game, I'm going to make. They're not going to the ball. Yeah, no, they're this really is a not. must win. I they're agree. not. I agree. This is a must win. I agree. Um. Yeah, Virginia also uh, Georgia Tech also quarterback got injured and that backup was a train wreck. <laughs> so yeah, in that how game, again, Georgia Tech as an ACC power. I mean, no, I mean, well, I mean, we, I mean, Les no, is pointing out teams that have similar records to ours. So, um, um, but but I I think um, you know to that point, Virginia still with that defensive dominance only scored sixteen points in that game. Like right. the defense has got to shut them down. Yeah. Like Virginia Tech's first three quarters were for the whole game. Like if they're asking, if we have to ask this offense to score thirty points with a backup quarterback and half the offensive line missing, it's not going to happen. But we don't want Virginia to beat us on a field goal. That means somebody from down here would have beaten us. They're kicking I mean, from Gulliver he, Prep. So he, he missed quite a few. He missed several field goals last week. So I know. So, I saw it. So, so of course you'll make them this week. But that's that's the way it's bouncing for us this year. I, I, we'll finish it with this question: What would a loss against FSU do to recruiting and transfer portal, or even a loss this week to Virginia? It'll it, it won't no. do anything. It won't do anything. If anything, it, 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 I'm not saying it'll help, but nobody's going anywhere. No, I'll say here, here's what has happened. Right. So in terms of the on-field impact, had we somehow come out and won a bunch of games and we're undefeated right now, 
we would our ceiling would have raised. This was more in line with where the program was expected to be. And at this point, anyone that Man. was gonna be like, oh, they're not they're losing games, I'm bailing, would have bailed. No one bailed. I like, agree. You're not gonna hit lower points than like middle Tennessee. So no, no, so, no. So no one's gonna be, oh, and you lost to Virginia. Like at that point, those anyone that was gonna be impacted by that left. So and no one, none of our big time kids did because they knew what they were signing up for. So. That is correct. So that's why it's not that on field doesn't matter. I feel like you know if we went into A and M and won that game and turned that into a win the next week and we right. actually had won a bunch of games, you could then, have more commits now. Yeah, yeah you'd okay. be able to say, look, you can tell we're laying the foundation. The proof is on the field. Instead, we're still having to set, sell the hypothetical, which right. is what he sold these kids in the first place. So you got it. You got it. Um, We'll let you guys know if we're gonna do a, a pre or post game. I'm not sure. Uh, I would um, say probably doubtful. Uh, we're, you know, the, the arm hurts. We'll see. That's sore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right now, might have to go to the uh, bullpen on that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Six Rings Canes. Uh, we're here every Monday night at 8:30 p.m. on the Five Reasons Sports YouTube Network. Yes, uh, yes he is. Um, and. Um, what was I saying yeah. before I lost? You have my to do prize picks before we leave. Yeah, I guess we'll do prize picks. You know, let's give a shout out to prize picks, and then we'll we'll sign off here. There it is, prizepicks.com, baby. Make sure you go when you go uh, check it out. Log in, uh, sign up. They will match your first deposit. Make sure you use the code five F I V E when you sign up. It's real simple. It's all depending on how much money you want to make. What's great about it is that you can decide what players from what leagues, from what teams you want to play with, okay? So you can mix and match the guys from the NFL, from the NBA, hockey, college football, you name it, you can mix and match. You pick anywhere between two to five players, okay? Then you've, you you choose the over-under on their individual category, uh, individual categories. That's how you win. So make sure you sign up, use the code 5, F-I-V-E, PricePix will match your initial deposit up to $100. You don't have to use it all at once, and you can mix and match players between two and five uh, players, all depending on how much money you want to make. Choose the over-under on their individual categories and see you make that paper, baby. So make sure you go to PricePix.com, sign up, code word 5, F-I-V-E, and uh, start winning some cash. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details stuff appreciate the love from everybody on the chat uh thank you guys so much make sure you subscribe to the five rings of sports youtube channel smash the like button on here and of course check us out every monday oh we, we should say before we sign off if you guys didn't see this somehow the florida state game is in prime time on yeah. abc 
Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Don't indeed. be afraid to throw us under the bus. Uh, indeed. <laughs> so yeah, so it should be a good time. Seven thirty or at eight o'clock. No, seven thirty on ABC. That's probably your uh, your Miami Knights game too. Yeah, I think I wonder how much like juice Adidas had to like. You got to put a game at night because we got to put these jerseys on. How pissed <laughs> off Mario Cristobal is that he has to wear those damn uniforms against yeah, against no Florida idea. State of all. State. You know he wants to wear orange against oh, FSU. Yeah. He's oh, dying. Yeah. So. Oh man! Um, again, thank you guys uh, for for joining us on the show. Make sure you continue to check us out every Monday at 8.30 p.m. here on the 5 Reasons Sports channel. And if you ever have any questions, if you ever ever have anything you want to share with us, make sure you DM us or uh, shoot us a, a, a message over on Twitter at Six Rings King. I, I got to share this because it's hilarious. No more ballet sports. Ballet sports. Oh, God. Ballet uh, sports is this weekend's game, though. So uh, yeah, ba- one check more your ballet. local listings. <laughs> one more ballet <laughs> sports for you, Trey. Um, check us out. Blue, Vish. Um, always a pleasure. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks. Later. Later. The Six Rig Kane Show. The Six Rig Kane Show. The Six Rings Kane Show. Yeah, yeah.